It's good to be with you uh, this morning to, to worship with you. And this morning we're going to look at ministry to the Lord. Um, but first, but first, did you guys know that Norway, on their Navy ships, they have bar- barcodes? And do you know why? And so when the ships, they go into port, they can Scandinavian. Uh, uh. All right, so I'm going to begin with uh, a sports illustration. Um, Some of you, your eyes have glazed over because I said sports. Uh, Last service when Shannon was here, and I said it, she just walked out. Uh, So, but uh, over the the offseason, the Phillies, they they signed a guy named Trey Turner to a long-term deal lots of money, and uh, this season he has not lived up to that expectation. He's been playing uh, kind of horribly, and lots of fielding errors, uh, not hitting well, and uh, Philadelphia sports fans had an option to make here. Um, They knew that this guy, Trey Turner, was an excellent shortstop, excellent hitter, big part of this team. He's not living up to that expectation, and so uh, you know, that's going around on like sports talk radio and newspapers, like this guy isn't worth it, what, what the heck, we're stuck with him, like all this. And yet there was a shift and the Philadelphia fans decided on August 4th, um, uh, I, I think it was after a game where he, he had two errors um, as a shortstop and um, struck out three times or something like that, that the next game they were going to give him a standing ovation. And so the Philadelphia fans, they give him this standing ovation, and he plays okay that game. But then you see this change within Trey Turner, and he's, like, playing really well and hitting the ball and having home runs. It's like, what what changed? And I believe that uh, part of it was the Philly fans were like, you're one of us. You're one of us. And we understand that you're struggling and and playing, uh, not great, but you're a part of our team for the next decade. Like, we're behind you. They were encouraging him with this standing ovation. And so it made me think about the Lord. And we are called to praise God. We're called to minister to him. The Philadelphia fans at that moment, they were ministering to Trey Turner. And saying like, bro, we know you're better than this. We're with you. And while we, we as humans, God doesn't need us to minister to him. God didn't, didn't need to create us, and yet he did. And so we're going to look at this morning ministry to the Lord. Why did God make humans? This is actually a question one of my kiddos asked this past week. Why God made humans? And it was really neat because one of my kiddos, other kiddos answered and said, to know God and show God. That's why we're made. We're made to know God and be in relationship with him. And then to show that to others. So next week, uh, as it was sh- uh, shared, we're going to be diving into the book of Romans for the foreseeable future. But this morning, I wanted to, to just focus us on our purpose. We're here to know God. And a big part of knowing God is actually ministering to God. So what is that? 
So ministering to the Lord, it seems like a, a, a strange phrase, but it is scriptural. So I want us to think about and back us up into history. There's these people called, called the Israelites. And uh, these, these people, the Israelites, they uh, were in captivity and slavery. God called Moses and Aaron and Miriam to actually lead these uh, Israelites out of slavery and into the promised land and into flourishing. And there's a moment where Moses is on a mountain with God and God is speaking with Moses, a one-on-one conversation. And he says this, and you will be my kingdom of priests. So he's talking about the nation of Israel. My holy nation. This is the message you must give the people of Israel. So at this point, the Lord is saying to Moses, you have to tell every one of these these people, this nation, that I'm calling you to be a kingdom of priests. Well, Israel, uh, unfortunately, was like, meh, that's not for us. They actually, Moses is interacting with them, and later on in Exodus, they're like, hey, how about you have a relationship with God, and you talk to God. And then just tell us what he says, because we're a little anxious and fearful about God. And so they, they chose not to be a holy nation of royal priests. God still made a way. And one of the ways that he made a way is later on he says, I'm going to actually call out an entire tribe and make them my priests. And so later on we recognize in Deuteronomy... It says this, at that time, the Lord set apart an entire tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord and minister to him and to bless his name to this day. So what was taking place is the Ark of the Covenant, uh, he called the Levites to carry it and to, to, to actually minister to the Lord in front of the Ark because the Ark of the, the Covenant is where the presence of God dwelt, right between the cherubim on the on the top, the, the presence of God was there, and he, he created a whole tribe of people saying, while everyone didn't choose to minister to me, I'm calling you out to minister to me. And so this is what's taking place uh, in history. You know, it's Old Testament, and uh, this is what they did. The Levites ministered to the Lord. So what does this mean? It means that generationally, This was a big deal. And you may have heard of this guy. His name was David. He took this very seriously, ministering to the Lord. We see throughout his life, um, he was discipling people on the way to minister to the Lord. So as they're uh, getting ready and they're gathering things for the temple, um, the the Ark of the Covenant is in the tabernacle, but uh, David's gathering wealth to build the temple. And he's instructing the Levites how to minister to the Lord. And this is what he says. Then appoint some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank, and to praise the God, or praise the Lord, the God of Israel. So at this time, David asked 4,288 people who are priests and worshipers to come and to do this. To do these three words, invoke, thank, and praise the Lord. This is what ministry of the Lord is. So we're going to look at these three words briefly. And the first one is invoke. 
is a Hebrew word, zakar, which means to remember. And the connotation and context of what's happening here is to declare back to the Lord what he has done. It's a remembrance. Other translations may say extol or record, but this is reminding of a past. So the first part of uh, ministering to the Lord is to remind us of what he has done. DJ had us do that this morning, reminding like what God has done. What he will do is coming up. So we have zakar. The next word is to thank, yadaha, to cast, to throw. This has a connotation to declare back who the Lord is and what he does. So we're just telling God back to him who he is and what he does. This is a present statement. So we have the past where we're to invoke and remember what what God is. And we have the present of who he is and, and what he's doing in the present. And then, you'll never guess, but praise. This word halala is to shine light, to declare back what the Lord will do. So we have future. So ministering to the Lord is declaring what he has done. It's declaring who he is and what he's doing in a moment. And then it's also proclaiming what he will do in the future. It's pretty cool to think about. And this is just kind of a side note, but it's, it's kind of fun. David did take this very seriously. He wrote a lot of psalms. And uh, if you look at the psalms, every one of them can be broken down in one of these three categories. Invoke, the remembrance, uh, to thank, the present, or to declare the future. It's pretty cool to think about. And so I have an example for each one of these, but every psalm, while in the psalm they, there could be parts that are doing each one of these, when you look at the psalm as a whole, it fits into one of these three categories. One of the three ways that we can minister to the Lord. Why? Because ministering to the Lord is part of who we are and what he's called us to do. We are created to know him. And so when we know him, we declare back to him, and we'll look in a minute how we actually gain things um, when we're with him. So an example of an invoking psalm to declare back is Psalm 39. A thankful psalm is Psalm 23, declaring who the Lord is and what he does. Psalm 31 declares back to the Lord what he will do. So it's pretty neat to to look at. Even the Psalms break down into this. And you're thinking, wow, Brandon, this is really neat. Thanks for for this. But what does it have to do with me? What does it have to do with us as a faith family? What does that have to do with us as individuals? Well, I want to point us uh, to Peter. He talks about this. And uh, you may know this verse. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. I'll pause there for a second and say this. Every one of us who knows Jesus, we have been called from darkness into light. Every one of us who's believed has been called from darkness into light. And then what are we named? We are actually named a royal priesthood. I believe that Peter is saying this very specifically because what was the role of the priest in the Old Testament? To minister to the Lord. This was 
the thing that the Lord had created from the beginning of time, he wants a relationship with us. He wants us to know him and to be known by him. This is why he, the Lord God, after he created Adam and Eve, he would walk with them daily because he wanted to be present with them in, uh, in a moment, knowing them. And so when we have this, this thing where Israel doesn't choose it as a whole nation, but um, God sets aside people to minister to him, and then Peter's like, hey, this is a part of your DNA. You will minister to something. You are called to minister to the Lord because you're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. Once you were not a people, verse 10, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Each one of us in here who knows Jesus has received his mercy. Because of what Jesus has done, his death, burial, and resurrection, because the the veil was torn in the temple where the presence of God used to dwell between the cherubim, that is eradicated. Jesus came so that we can be present with him and know him. It's so that we can have a relationship with him. And part of that relationship is that we are to minister to him because we are made to be a people who worship. We will worship something. And we have been called to worship People, this is not something that we can do. This is something that we must do. We must be a people who minister to the Lord. We must declare who he is, what he has done, what he's doing, and what he will do. So I'd like us to pause. I'm going to give you a minute. You can, uh, if you're taking notes, you can take notes. If not, I'd encourage you to maybe take out your phone and open a note. Because I want you to do this. I want you to take 30 seconds and write down how you're already ministering to the Lord. Like what, what is something that you do on a, a daily or, or weekly basis or moment by moment where you are ministering to the Lord? The Lord speaks to us. So now I'd like us to take 30 seconds and ask the Spirit, is there another way that you might be inviting me in to minister to you this week? So what are some ways that we can minister to the Lord? I'm just, I just wrote a couple of them down here. Some obvious ones, right? We worship through song and dance and art, through prayer, through fasting or consecration, where we're giving things to the Lord. Reading scripture back to him, right? We're declaring who he is. 
sharing with someone what he has done or what he will do in your life. This is a big part. Testimony is a huge part of proclaiming and ministering to the Lord, even through conversation. Like when we hear somebody else's faith story or we hear what's happening in our life and what God's doing, it encourages us, but it's also a blessing to the Lord. Same thing with listening. When we're listening to somebody's story, right? So when we're speaking and listening to what God is doing, that's ministering to the Lord. That's part of our priestly act. Quiet contemplation, just being quiet. Practicing gratitude, taking note of what we're thankful for. This is a huge thing, just being grateful for what is in our life and what God is doing. Every morning, the first thing when I open my prayer journal, the first thing I do is thank the Lord for something. Thank Him. Be grateful. Proclaim His character, that He's good, He's gracious, He's kind, He's righteous, He's judge. These are ways that we can minister to the Lord. But the really neat thing that I alluded to earlier is there's actually benefits when we minister to the Lord, to his bride. There's benefits to us as individuals. When we minister to the Lord, it puts God in his rightful place. It humbles us. It declares who he is and who we're not. He is God. He is judge. We're not. It declares who he is, which is always, always a great launching point point for prayer and intercession. If prayer is a way that we interact with the Lord and in, in talking and listening to him because he wants to know us, um, declaring who he is and who we're not is a great place to start because we enter with humility and grace, knowing that we are not God, that he is. Ministering to the Lord makes us more sensitive to the leading of his Holy Spirit. This is a huge benefit. Throughout my day, um, I have about 15-ish different alarms on my phone. Uh, My family gets annoyed at me because they're just going off at random times. But the reason I I do that is so that there's different people I pray for. There's different times where it's like two minutes of quiet or whatever that looks like. But what it does, it, it makes me stop what I'm doing, pause, and get back in relationship with the Lord while ministering to Him. And so it helps me be led and more sensitive to His Spirit. Because maybe I'm doing something and I'm on a track going somewhere. This alarm goes off and the Spirit's like, hey, I have something else for you in this moment. So it helps us to be sensitive to the leading of Holy Spirit. When we minister to the Lord we'll find it becomes easier to minister to others. When we're with the Lord and proclaiming who He is and desiring um, to be with Him, it actually uh, helps fill our tank when we're ministering or caring for other people. If we're called to carry others' burdens and to walk with each other as the bride of Christ, um, if we are doing that without the power of the Lord and ministering to them, we're going to be exhausted. We're going to have compassion fatigue. But this is a way when we're ministering to him, it actually will help um, bring perspective to us when we're ministering, caring, and loving others well, which we're called to do. And an obvious one, we grow more spiritually and become like Jesus. Amen? Like, we, this is us. Like, we want to be more like Jesus. We want to be more like Jesus. So I'm going to invite the band 
to come back up because I want to minister to the Lord together with, with you in song. Ministering to the Lord is an eternal practice. It's why the Lord walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. It's why he had the invitation to his people that all of you could be a, a nation and a kingdom of priests. It's why they, when they rejected it, he said, you know what? I'm going to call a certain tribe, and he calls a certain tribe because it's, it's an eternal purpose. Peter shows us that we are now called to be priests ministering to the Lord. And guess what? From eternity past to eternity future, there will be uh, us and beings ministering to the Lord. Revelation 4 says this. And four living creatures, each of them with six wings, full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they will never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. This is happening right now in the present. There are angels. Their whole job, their whole life, like life, their whole reason for existence is to just worship. And did you catch that last line? Who was and is and is to come. Ministering to the Lord is about invoking and thanking and praising God, who was and is and is to come. It's an eternal, eternal principle throughout His Word. And so we are called to do that, and we're called to do that together. And we're called to do that individually, and we're called to do that as families. And so I want to encourage us We were made to worship and we were made to minister. We will minister to something, whether it's sports or family or friends, whether we minister uh, to our work or our hobbies or even our own bodies. It's how we're made. We're made to minister. We're made to worship. Well, none of those things I just listed is necessarily bad. It's not the first thing that we're called to do. The first thing we're called to do is to minister to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I encourage us that, that this week that we would minister to him, that today we would minister to him. Because he's created us to know him. He's created us to show him. And a great way to know the Lord is to worship. A great way to know him is to minister to him. And we get the benefits of being with him. Because our goal when we're ministering to the Lord, it's not like, oh, a transactional relationship or, oh, if I minister to you here, can I get this? No. The prize in ministering to the Lord is actually Him. He's the reason that we're here. Jesus is the reason that we can love one another. He's the, he is the reason we're here for Him. He is the prize when we minister to Him. So let's worship and praise together.